The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. Hi, this is Ashley Eckstein, the voice of Ahsoka Tano from Star Wars, and you're listening to the Secrets of Star Wars podcast. May the Force be with you. You're listening to the Secrets of Star Wars, episode 177. Hello there. It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float. Impressive. Every word in that sense was wrong. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I find your lack of faith disturbing. It's against my programming to impersonate a deity. That's not how the Force works. Force is with me, and I am with the Force, and I fear nothing. Remember... The Force will be with you, always. Hi, I'm Robert King, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, where we look at the deeper themes and meanings found in the stories and characters in that galaxy far, far away. We're changing things up a little bit in this episode. Since there's no new Star Wars show coming out in the near future, we're taking the opportunity to focus on different aspects of the Star Wars universe getting even deeper into those themes and more meaningfully into the meanings. For now, we're planning to release a show about every two weeks, and we've got some exciting episodes lined up, including a look at the Mortis gods and a few episodes on the spirituality of the Force. But we'd also love to hear from you. What parts of Star Wars would you like to explore? What aspects of our Catholic faith would you like us to apply to the Star Wars mythos? Or maybe just what would you like to hear us yammer about for an hour or so? Drop us an email at starwars at sqpn.com or tell us about it on our Discord server. You can get a Discord invite on our website at sqpn.com slash Discord. We'd love to hear from you and who knows, your idea might become the basis for one of our episodes. But for tonight, joining me on the panel are Joshua Beagley. Welcome, Josh. Hello, hello. And Catherine Laffrey. Welcome, Catherine. Hello. We're starting off our episode, I guess, with the uh, Night Sisters of Dathomir. We're going to take a deep dive into these interesting characters, this interesting culture in the Star Wars universe. And, um, well, why are we talking about the Night Sisters? Um, to start off with, the obvious is, you know, we just finished the Ahsoka series and the Night Sisters played a pretty critical role in that. Um, and so for those who maybe haven't been keeping up on all the, the lore, especially from the animated series, but I guess also from the games, um, we thought we'd uh, explore some of that. But also because we expect this episode to come out pretty close to Halloween. Yes, it's spooky season. And so what's spookier than witches, even if they're in a galaxy far, far away? So that's where we are. We're talking about the Night Sisters. Um, why don't we talk about where they come from? Um, let's let's just give sort of a general background on the Night Sisters. Um, Catherine, how, uh, could you kind of give us an introduction a little bit to where the Night Sisters come from. Yeah, I mean, before the Ahsoka series, all we knew is they came from Dathomir. 
Yeah. But thanks to the Ahsoka series, we know that they had their original origins on Peridia and hitched a ride on some whales to head to Dathomir to make that their home world. So there are a bunch of whale riding scary witches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Dathomir yeah. Is, is, yeah, a weird question. Do we know for sure if they originated on Peridia and went to Dathomir or if they originated on Dathomir and went to Peridia, do do we know the direction of that? I was pretty sure they said that um, Peridia was their their home world, their origin. Okay, yeah, their origin. So, and they never, I never seen any um, significant building development on Dathomir like they had on Peridia. And even Balin said something about, you know, the fallen kingdom that was here. Mm. So I don't think they ever established anything quite like that when they got to Dathomir. Seems, yeah, it doesn't seem like it's, you know, out to the other galaxy, but into this one. Yeah. I don't know, Josh, do you have any mm. insight? I feel like you know some secrets from the games or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, so the video games focus a lot more of like the actual time frame and the most of a flashback they got was like the Order 66 version of the Night Sisters. Hmm. So there's not what, really much into their history. What uh, hmm. what happened with Order 66 and the Night Sisters? Oh, so essentially, after the Empire started taking over, they also came to Dathomir and in Jedi Fallen Order, uh, the main Night Sisters, Marin. She describes how when she was a kid that an armored Jedi, most likely Vader, came down with a lightsaber and killed all of her sisters. Mm. And then she was the one of the only survivors left. So then she um, kept all of the traditions and kept the Dathomir safe. I yeah. thought they were all killed by Grievous in the Clone Wars. No, not all of them. Okay. I'm not sure if it was Grievous who went down and killed him or not, but... Yeah, he almost fits that description, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's... Uh, I mean, I think I think it's fair to say there's still a lot we don't know about uh, the Night Sisters and Dathomir. Um, but yeah, it's clear that um, the Empire had no uh, great love for them. Um, the Sith in general. Um and uh, the Jedi certainly were not uh, happy with their existence and work. Although, um, like what I what I kind of read on Wikipedia or Wikipedia rather, um, it looks like there's both Jedi and Sith uh, involvement in their origins, and especially in the origins of their use of. Uh, magic. Um, so I, I, I don't know. Do, do either of you have uh, like a a good sense of of how that magic came about as their as their kind of distinguishing feature? Not really. I mean, the main thing I think of for them using like their magic and stuff is the main orbs that they use. So, like in Ahsoka, they had the three little balls that like help guide them. Mm -hmm. It was almost like they used that as their means to like channel themselves. I guess is the best way to put it. 
And so, like, maybe they were given those as ancient artifacts, and that's how they were able to use the Force, and then it became, like, a traditional use kind of thing. Hmm. So. Yeah, those orbs seem older than what we saw of their magic in Clone Wars. Because mm -hmm. in Clone Wars, all we saw them using was that green mist, you know, mm -hmm. sort of thing. They're, they're icker. And you, yeah. you don't have an understanding where it came from. I was like, look at stuff up going, there's got to be something. Um, I went as far as looking up, um, like, the color green, going, why is it green? Mm, and yeah. so green can mean life and vitality, but different shades of green can then also mean sickness, death, and poison. And so mm -hmm. it's, you know, the color that they pick, that kind of neon color can lean more toward that sickness and poison sort of thing. But at the same time, you think in the episode where we saw um, Mother Talzin kind of come back, trying to bring herself back to the physical world with Jar Jar Binks and his his love of his life, Julia. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, all the life force that they were pulling out of those creatures was this green. So is their magic stolen life force? It seems like it could be. That's an interesting thought. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the reasons I wondered if maybe they had started on Dathomir is because, again, like the, the sources talk about... Um, the icker, the green magic icker that they that like came from Dathomir, but I I guess at, at the very least it doesn't come exclusively from Dathomir, and right. you know having it be the the life force the living force as as I think Mace Windu said in that episode. This is by the by the way this is an episode that we talked about. Uh, last time when we were talking about Ahsoka, it's a Clone Wars episode. I want to say, is it season six? Uh, yeah, I season six. I want to say season six. One episodes of the one of the eight and nine episodes. Yeah. Eight and nine. Thank you, Catherine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's a wild little romp with Mace Windu and Jar Jar Binks, uh, and and Mother Talzin who come in who all come together to like try to figure out how to save a planet's kingdom and 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 keep it from bringing darkness to the whole galaxy it's it's uh it's a fun little adventure i almost wonder with the way dathomir looks like it's covered in the whale bones it's like did they suck all the life force out of the pergo that they oh. rode there because they were very force sensitive and it's a big animal. Yeah. So, I mean, is, is the Icar just the blood of the Purgle flowing through their planet? Ooh, that is yeah, creepy, I know. and I like it. Creepy. <laughs> I have to admit, <laughs> the first time I saw them on Clone Wars, when I first watched Clone Wars, a friend of mine's like, you got to watch this. It's so great. Okay, so I start watching it. I get to their episode. I hear Mother Talzin's voice and the way that they say the spells. I had to mute it because I'm so sensitive to anything creepy. I was like, I couldn't even mm -hmm. watch the show. <laughs> so it's like, oh my goodness. It took me a while to be able to watch it without getting creeped out. The Night Sisters yeah, I can't watch scary movies. Clone Wars <laughs> a bit of like a horror movie. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you're like a little kid watching it. You're just like, these are creepy. 
<laughs> yeah, and and the the characters who we got to meet who were associated with the Night Sisters are all just creepy characters and like I think the first one we ever meet was Asajj Ventress and I I don't know because she was um she first appeared in the um uh uh what's his name uh Jendi Tarkovsky's um Clone Wars shorts short features oh, the before they made the, yeah 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 before they made the the uh TV series mm-hmm. um I think that's when she first appeared and um and then she just kind of developed all through the Clone Wars series and and um I'm not sure if she was supposed to be a night sister at the beginning or if or if she was kind of retconned into being a night sister do you, do either of you know enough about her history I mean, we to... didn't know that until that episode of the Clone Wars when we first meet Mother Talzin and she welcomes yeah. her back and we get her whole backstory I was surprised but she's clearly um uh, you know the uh the biography of her says that she was um you know her her family was slaughtered and she was sold into slavery and she was rescued by a jedi and then she you know the jedi like died and abandoned her and and then she was rescued by uh sith i think i think by count dooku yeah um and and became an assassin for the Sith, and um, and that is how she became the weird, creepy, totally fearsome uh, presence that she she is now, or that she became in in the series. Um, um, and 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 what an introduction to. Yeah, the 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 weirdness and creepiness of the Night Sisters. Um, Mother Talzin, we've mentioned a, a couple of times um, as kind of the the leader of the Night Sisters. Um, you know, this this strong, strong uh, voice and force to bring them together and and send them on her missions of of vengeance. Um, <laughs> what, what would you say about mother Talzin? Uh, if you could sum up her character in, in just a few words, the queen bee, mm. she is running the hive. And it was, yeah, I was on a, another uh, podcast. I heard someone describe the, the power and the weakness of the, the Dathomir night sisters. And Mother Talzin as uh, being like a beehive. So they protect their own, but have no ambition. And so that's why Sidious didn't like them. All this power and they're wasting it. And then Hmm. Luke, I guess. As he saw it. Yeah. Yeah. And then Luke, I guess, had made mention of them in reference. I don't know where this was, but they had this on this... uh, I think it was Stupendous Wave podcast. But he said that uh, (laughs) Luke said that they hoarded their power in the force very selfishly. And so that's not the light side of the force because the use of the force is not for yourself, but for others. Mm -hmm. 
And so it was kind of interesting how it's like it's all about themselves, not only that, but the way that they had divided the planet, separated the males. You know, the females ran the the mating and breeding to make themselves stronger and stronger in the force and kill off the weak ones. Yeah, Yeah, she's definitely the queen bee. (laughs) Well, this is something we we haven't mentioned yet is the the Zabrak, who are the, the males of the dathomiri uh species i guess and um you know the first one we meet is darth maul at that point while he's still a darth um and you know they have this really striking appearance of of a deeply colored skin with tattoos on it and and those horns coming out like a crown around their head and um and there are a couple of the the zabrak who really play a big role in um especially later in the clone wars maul being one of them but also his brother savage opress you know with one of the most subtly uh subtly created names in all of fiction i think <laughs> um <laughs> it's so savage <laughs> yeah yeah um rather oppressive too um <laughs> but both of them you know having been manipulated by uh by mother talzin as before kind of striking out on their own in in other ways I was just thinking too, it's like they, the Zabrak males, like they don't really have much of like a allegiance there, it seems either, because Maul just kind of went and did his own thing. And like they're very much mm-hmm. seen as like a lower class, with like a whole different like group of people instead of with the Night Sisters as well. Like even in the video games, you know, there would be. Like whole cities of just like the men, and then there would be. Granted, there were no night sisters left, but still, um, how much of it was? It seemed to be like one thing, like just the males, and then like the females would like pick them out as needed out of like the groups, which I think is interesting because then I don't know even like Mother Talzin, she only got Maul or Savage because she had. Sidious come and be like, I want one, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He'd be like, give me one of your kids. <laughs> um, coming in for an adoption. But I don't know. <laughs> Just something to think about there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I found an interesting thing on Wikipedia where Mother Talzin was originally supposed to be um, the apprentice to Sidious. And there were sketches done. That oh, it was, wow. Yeah, they had a, a, the sketch of her, and she was supposed to be in Phantom Menace, and then that ended up changing to be Maul. And it's kind of neat how then then all of that's kind of retconned into the comics where you get the whole origin story and how Maul is her son, and you know, so mm-hmm. they kind of played it out in the comic series. I haven't read those, but boy, I was finding some great photos of them. I wonder why they made the change. I don't know, because I would have loved to have seen her live action when she's supposed to be like over seven feet tall. Mm, that would have been quite yeah. the battle with Gwygon. <laughs> I, I mean, 
maybe the special effects were not up to creating something like that and and you know yeah i don't think they were quite there for episode one yeah and i mean i don't think anyone is sad for the incredible job that um oh gosh what's his name ray park is that his name yes in in playing mall yeah just the the menace and athleticism and just sheer presence that he brought to the role was was amazing so Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's um, one nice part, I guess, about Maul being the first apprentice was that he had that athleticism, like that fighting skill, I guess, that like seemed to be, I don't say lacking, but something that wasn't as stressed for Jedi. Or I feel like Mother Talzin would have just been this very like more force, it, magic oriented, I guess is the way to put it. Mm-hmm. Magic or force, one or the other. Um, yeah, yeah. But I don't think that the seven foot tall mother of the night sisters would be much of a fighter in that area yeah it would have had a whole different effect on the show that's for sure well and especially as her characters developed i mean mm-hmm. i can't see her being anybody's apprentice right <laughs> you know she's very much the top of her own food chain there and and will not um you know, she wouldn't submit herself to anyone else any more than, than Sidious would, right? Um, mm-hmm. Thank goodness she's not uh, Ray's mother. <laughs> <laughs> well, we still we still don't know. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> I don't think she would have been that cute if she, uh, Mother Telson was her mom, though. <laughs> 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 I mean, the way genetics work in in the galaxy far, far away, is, yeah. they don't make the most sense. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I love Kylo Ren in in so many ways, but just like physically, it's like, wait, how is he the child of Han Solo and Leia? <laughs> <laughs> like he looks completely different from either of them. <laughs> anyway, um, oh, yeah. so we do meet a couple other Night Sisters, and and you know some of them through, as you said, the games. But uh, you know the the really big ones that we've met through Ahsoka. You know Morgan Elspeth, and then this this trio of great mothers. Um, who I don't think have names uh, yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, great mothers is, is you know, that's pretty great. Is there a difference between the great mothers and being just the mother? Because we don't really know much about their hierarchy other than the, there's the mother and then, like, there's the sisters. Yeah. Right. Is, is great mother, like, a, a higher up kind of thing? I wonder if I, they're older. I don't know. Like like the elite council kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Although weren't they like in exile there too? I thought I remember that in Ahsoka. Like they wanted to break free from this prison as well, as if they were stuck there. Yeah. And and um Ezra said that Thrawn had awakened them, right? Uh, so they were yeah. they were I don't know somehow in suspension i guess whether that was 
technological or magical, um, you know, more mysteries to, to explore, but, um, they're just sitting around knitting a, knitting a little thread. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, knitting all that, that crimson cloth so that they can bind up the stormtroopers. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> um, I, I mean, the color is just like that shade of red. Oh yeah. Is just so, I mean, it's like just dark enough to evoke, um, you know, like, like not only blood, but, but like the sense of like, uh, you know, the, the coming of night at sunset and, um, you know, just so much like, I don't know, evil seems to be wrapped up in that shade of red. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, it almost seems like it's soaked. Yeah. And then you see their pale white faces just right next to it, and it's such a high contrast. Like, you just can't seem to yeah. avoid, avoid it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, creepy, creepy, creepy. Um, I was glad in Ahsoka they showed us Morgan's face changing with her dark confirmation, I call it. You know, she... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because I, I had a hard time going, wait, she's supposed to be Dathomiri? Because she didn't look like any of the others that we had seen as far as, like, complexion or look. You know, they all, you know, the sisters we saw in Clone Wars almost looked like woodland elves or something gone wrong. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, that was nice to see. Is this the first time we've ever seen any of the Night Sisters in live action? Yes, believe so. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, maybe as as with other characters, there's been some adaptation from the animation to the live action, but maybe we're just discovering a different aspect of of their species, their culture. However, mm-hmm. however it works. I feel like Morgan looked. I finally saw a clip from the the game. Morgan looked more like who's the the night sister in the game Marin Marin yeah like as far as like the way her face was colored I could mm-hmm. then it was like that helped me go okay yeah Morgan it's a night sister yeah that makes sense now obviously Marin had gone through the confirmation to have her face markings <laughs> mm. yeah yeah the um well and and I got the sense that that Morgan was like not a complete night sister. Like maybe she was, you know, a, a low level night sister, you know, just having survived maybe, maybe a, a Boken night sister or a <laughs> Ronin night sister or something, you know, someone from the wild. Um, definitely with some magic, but, but without the full command of it that the great mothers obviously had. Mm-hmm. So we've been we've been dancing around this for a while already, and and you know this this idea of the magic that they use, and from what I can tell, it's like distinct from the force, but it is also connected to the force. It's like the the way, like the magic is the way that the Night Sisters connect to and and use the force 
but I'm not a you know again I'm I'm like getting this from from various different sources and I'm not a hundred percent sure how how correct it is. What what do you guys think about the the connection or difference? You know what's the same? What's different between the magic and the force? What what? Uh, yeah, how would you define them? I see that magic is a lot more of I don't want to say spells, but like it, it basically feels like spells on how they use it. So like summoning the sword, for example. Mm-hmm. Find, I mean, you can still, I guess, kind of use the force to find people, but like a little different. Um, in my mind, it's a lot more physical, like in the physical realm of things. And the force has a lot of a spiritual aspect to it as well. Hmm. And how we sort of also were talking about how they want a lot to themselves, um, the Night Sisters do. It, it would make sense then that it's a lot of this like dark side kind of thing of being able to control the physical world to a certain degree and manipulate it, whether that be bringing people back to life or possession, any sort of possessions and finding people. Yeah, it, it definitely has a more uh, uh, a ritual aspect to it. Yes. You know, with those those chants and gestures and, and things um that that are yeah, like really, really connecting their their uh you know, using their physicality in a way that, that neither Jedi nor Sith really do. Yeah, it's interesting because they they say that as a species that both the males and females have a strong connection to the force, but then it's how they use it that sets it apart. And it's almost, hmm. it's almost an illusion. As we've seen, like, you know, they conjure things up and different things like that. There's like this illusion of having control. And I think it's more like they're kind of at the whim of it, you know, so they have to use the incantations. They have to. You know, that, that creepy voice of Mother Telson where it has its duality. You're almost wondering if there isn't some dark force, ancient Sith that's almost manipulating them all along. Mm. So it, it kind of has that, that illusion. It's like not quite there. And it, it was interesting because I was, um, came across an article from a uh, Catholic exorcist who was talking about um, witchcraft and casting spells and witchcraft talk- in the real world not in not star real- wars witchcraft in yeah in the real world yeah okay. so um and he talked about um that illusion of control that when someone starts dabbling in it they have this feeling of control like i have all this but then what starts happening is he says the fruits of it end up bringing out depression unhappiness isolation and you kind of tie that back into the death of Mary sisters. They did isolate themselves and they mm, didn't mm-hmm. try to be there for anyone else. So they were kind of collapsed in on themselves. And anytime you saw like Ventress trying to like figure things out, she comes back and then she ends up isolated and all alone as all her sisters were killed off in the clone wars. And even mother tells left her, she just disappeared into the acre and, left her all alone. She's like, what am I supposed to do now? So it kind of tied into that uh, 
exact reality of what happens in dabbling in witchcraft. Yeah. The, I, I like that phrase, the illusion of control. Whereas, mm -hmm. you know, with, well, with the, the force, you know, the idea is to, uh, like tr trust in the movement of the force, mm -hmm. um, to cooperate with the movement of the force. And that's very similar to the way we think of, uh, for example, the, um, the gifts of the Holy spirit that, you know, come to dwell in us. Um, but you know, we don't, we don't have control over them. Um, you know, we can, I had a, a, a teacher say to me once, uh, you know, it's you, you put yourself in the kind of situation where God wants to work and then you let God work. And, and, um, I think the light side of the force kind of tries to have that same kind of trust in the goodness of this power. Um, but whenever you try to control it, whenever you try to like, well, you know, grasp it, you know, the, the more you tighten your grip, the more slips through your fingers. Um, yeah, you do feel like the, they're trying to control the force in some way rather than, like you said, trust and be at the will of the force. This is also very fitting then that they're on death and near, which is a very dark side planet, I guess is the way to put it. A very evil and desolate place. Yeah, it feels like there's more death there than life. I guess I, I, I a little bit wonder, you know, about the chicken and the egg there. You know, it's... <laughs> right. You know, is Dathomir desolate because they committed such evil? Or are they evil because they arose from this deeply, deeply corrupt place? Or maybe a little of both? I feel like there were so many questions when they started talking about the kingdom on that used to exist on Peridia. Mm. I was like, I want to know what that was because is, is Peridia looking healthier now because that kingdom's destroyed or, you know, was there something that happened there or was, you know, I don't know. But all we know now is that, there's a whole lot of coffins in that cargo that went to Dathomir. So. Yeah. Well, and that the Great Mothers wanted to get away from Peridia, and that there's something that Balin wants there, and that we're going to have to wait quite a while to, to find out anything about any of that. Yeah. <laughs> so spin out the fan theories as much as you like, I guess. <laughs> we'll probably find out that those little nodi are a lot stronger than we all realize, and they were the ones that took down the kingdom of the Dathomiri witches. Huh? You carry your armor on your back. That's That's a good start. Anything else you'd like to say about the the like the the dynamics or the the spirituality of like the magic versus the force and and how that works or doesn't work or works toward works always toward evil works always toward evil and I think sort of how Catherine's saying where like they don't really have full control of it and then having to use those means as a way to get what they want out of it and doing these rituals as well is mm -hmm. a very big part of who they are. Religions have their own rituals in their own sense as well. And they have their own objects. It's about, I think it's the best way to put it or their own sacred relics or however you want to put it. 
Like we have remonstrance, for example, that like can hold the Eucharist as like this is something that we believe as sort of the center of our faith that that is the body of Christ and how this sort of magic orb is the center to their their force, which I guess you can consider their God. And without that, you know, they have nothing. And without the body, we have nothing. You see a lot of that symbolism through there as well. Yeah, almost. Um, I, I I think of um, because my other great geekdom is is uh, Lord of the Rings and and the Tolkien world. I think of how Tolkien said, you know, that that evil cannot make anything of its own. It can only mock the the yes. things that are made from goodness from. Um, you know, from love and creativity and life. Um, it cannot create life. It can only mock it. And I almost get the sense that the Night Sisters are are in a in a way mocking, trying to trying to to create, you know, trying to create a force of their own. But but they can only mock the force. And like even the the sword of Talzin, right? You know, it's a sword with green glowy stuff along the blade. (laughs) Um, It's kind of like a a mockery or a a pale imitation of a lightsaber, Um, you know, in some ways. Even their, their mocking of life with the the zombies. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're trying to say that, you know, they have control over life or death this way, but those things are still dead. <laughs> They're just, you know, being filled with spirits and, you know, what spirits, who spirits, you know, we don't know. I mean, there's times where the spirits of the night sisters embodied Sabine and, um, Canaan when they had mm-hmm. gone to Dathomir and found right. the dark saber. And they had, I guess in the comics, uh, managed to mother Talzin had put her spirit into Dooku to try to destroy him, which ended up being her downfall. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's funny though. Cause in all of this, I'm thinking they're out there constantly thinking they can resurrect life. And wasn't it, you know, the emperor who wanted to somehow return, you know, did he, mm-hmm. did he go back and get this sort of power to use to keep himself alive? I don't know. He was sitting in some green goo, or all those little clones of him were. <laughs> yeah. And that's definitely a theme that, that runs through, like, a lot, if not all, of the dark side, is this obsession with not dying or overcoming death or being immortal. Um, whereas... You know, I, I, I think of Yoda in um, Return of the Jedi and how he is utterly uh, at peace with what he has, you know, he has come to the end of his life. He recognizes it. And as in all other things, he trusts in the force and, um, you know, in the in the prequels and, and in the other surrounding media there there's been a lot of talk of, of becoming one with the force i don't know maybe we'll do a do a, a an episode on force ghosts 
in in particular and and like what the afterlife is like because that that could be a whole topic of its own but it's it's clear that you know the good the good thing is to accept the reality of death and the the attempt to overcome death essentially leads to corruption and evil because it's trying to go against nature it's trying to go against you know what and who we are let's see we we have talked about most of the characters is there anything else we wanted to say about any of these characters in particular um we've talked a good deal about mother talzin and morgan elspeth have we have we said everything we want to say about them um do you want to say something more i'd have to say visually i really appreciated how they went from mother talzin in the clone wars to the live action three mothers that we had because mm-hmm. Mother Talzin always had that weird flowiness to her wing things. I don't know what those were sticking out from her robe, but it yeah, looked yeah. like little wings kind of like waving almost in a watery mist or something. But uh, the way that they did keep that sort of look with the three great mothers and, you know, you'd see their robes were moving in almost a breeze, but nobody else's were. So I like I liked how they made the three of them come into being and how they were similar yet different from Mother Talzin. So you could tell that there was, you know, that you know, style. And like you said, the red color, fabulous. And uh that red uh weaving of ribbon or string or whatever around the clone troopers they actually carried over from the Clone Wars episode also where you saw that wound and throughout the uh the whole landscape so i thought it was a great job bringing it to live action if if we wanted to uh recommend places for for uh our listeners to go to learn more or to to do their own deep dive into the night sisters i mean obviously the first place is the clone wars um but uh where where else might we recommend um josh you were talking about the the games so jedi fallen order sort of teaches you a little bit about the night sisters more i guess about how they how not how they lived but like just that they have these powers kind of thing and that they were on dathomir and you know like whenever they die they have their own rituals and such things like that but it also sort of described how, how I guess they, I don't want to say how they dealt with other people, but like, so there's a main villain on Dathmir named Terran Malakos, who is a Jedi turned Sith after he came to Dathomir. Um, mm. He was like consumed by the dark side there. But she, he, or Terran told, Terran Malakos told Marin that basically he'd help fix everything basically on the planet and to like help him help her get her sisters back and all of this fun stuff there. But then he lied to her and Cal Kestis comes in and he's like, Jedi wouldn't do that. Jedi wouldn't lie to you. Jedi wouldn't be bad. That's not what we stand for. But, and then you end up fighting Terran and saving the day. And then you, you win Marin's heart eventually. 
that is one interesting thing is that now there's a Jedi and a Night Sister who have fallen in love. Um, How is that wow. going to work out? <laughs> that that is one interesting thing I think I'd like to see is their love story and then them having kids and seeing how they would use the force then. <laughs> so there are talks of a third Jedi Fallen Order series, but I don't know if it's become confirmed yet. So. Okay. Wow. But anyways, um, <laughs> if you'd like to learn a little bit about um, the Night Sisters, I think I think it describes a lot more of the Inquisitors personally compared to the Night Sisters, but. There's a nice little summary in there for you. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Catherine, you were talking about the comic books. Well, yeah, I, there, I don't know the name of the comic book. I just remember seeing it when I was flipping through looking for stuff. I was like, you know, if you look for Mother Talzin, you're, you're going to find it. Um, but I found it um, just interesting going through and rewatching Clone Wars and Rebels. And realizing how much and how little we know about them. It's like they just mm -hmm. appear. We get a little bit of information, but we really don't know how everything works for them. And, you know, mother tells them the way she just kind of will disappear into the icker. And then next thing you know, she's back and, you know, trying to get her physical form um, in one uh, write up. I don't know if it might have been on Wikipedia. They said that when she revived Maul, that she gave up the ability to retain physical form in reviving mm. him. It's like, you know, she gave gave her all to get rid of his spider legs and give him some weirder mechanical legs. <laughs> yeah. Well, and of course, the... Um, you know, the, the first night sister we ever meet, Asajj Ventress... She is a a central villain along the whole uh, stream of the Clone Wars. We don't meet the Night Sisters themselves until uh, let's see, season three, about halfway through season three, with a an episode appropriately called Night Sisters. So, uh, looking into that that episode and and the ones that follow, but. Yeah, it's it's a strange and mysterious culture that seems to be kind of just there on its own apart from others. And yet on Peridia, we also have these giant statues of the entities that, that we call the Mortis gods, right? The who appeared in those other episodes of of Clone Wars. And I'm not remembering exactly when those came in. I think those were also toward the end of the series. Actually, there was a section in the Clone Wars where there's three episodes on the Night Sisters that was immediately followed by the Mortis Gods. So those there's like six episodes there. You want to go like Night Sisters into Mortis Gods. They're one they're like six right in a row. I think that was mm -hmm. uh, season four. Yeah. I think it's season Let's see. four. I'm looking it up as we speak. Season three. Is that season three where we get the? Yeah, yeah, and I, they came right okay. before the the Mortis episodes, didn't they? The Night Mothers. So, so yeah, or the sisters. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So, okay, here I'm pulling up the episodes of season three. Yeah, 
this is where they're introduced in the first place. So episode 12, Night Sisters, um, and then Monster, which is where we get our introduction to Savage Opress, and then Witches of the Mist. And then that, that resolves that little story arc. And the next story arc is overlords altar of mortis ghosts of mortis uh-huh. um so it's it's what if it was the mortis gods that as banished very... them to peridia maybe that'd be interesting or that that are holding them yeah captive um i guess i had always thought of them though as like very separate story mm-hmm. arcs and so it, it's interesting to me that ahsoka brings them together um, and links them on Peridia. They did put those stories right next to each other. <laughs> well, we are going to do kind of the same thing because our next episode is going to be a deep dive on the Mortis gods or the Mortis entities. So, yeah, that's going to be an interesting yeah, set of connections. Well, I think we've we've kind of dove pretty deep on the uh on the night sisters of dathomir any any final thoughts on you know the night sisters as a culture or on the characters in particular or on on the way they use the magic and the force i'd have to say mother talzin is one creepy mother and the way she plays favorites with her boys because <laughs> let's see she creates savage and then has him strangle his younger brother <laughs> i don't even remember that poor guy's name but it's like wait a minute if savage is your son wasn't that one of your sons too <laughs> so, it's like okay and then of course you know maul you would think yeah yeah not an example of a good mother okay so an example of what not to do yes <laughs> i think that the night sisters are very power hungry and waiting for that to consume them or for Thrawn to betray them or something for that to happen. I think it'll be interesting to see how it plays out in the continuation of that story, sort of seeing where their motives lie next to Thrawn's. It's a very strange alliance, um, not one I expected. And <laughs> I don't think anyone did. <laughs> yeah, um, yes. And it doesn't seem like it's going to last very long. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am really hoping that... I mean, it could come as soon as Mandalorian season four that that there will be some kind of I mean, I, I assume that Thrawn is going to come into the Mandalorian series in some way or other. So we may we may get some answers uh, sooner rather than later. Sooner, please. Sooner. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I I just find it really interesting that. Like everybody seems to refer to them as witches, you know, and and in that very, you know, pre Harry Potter pejorative sense of witches, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know these are these are just creepy, evil, wrong users of magic, and like this is something that both. Jedi and Sith and those in the middle, like like Shin Hati seems to be like one of the most virulent is like oh, witches. Oh, why are we working with witches? Yeah. You know, so it's like, well, 
they kind of are a common ground between all the other force users. You know, everybody's agreed that the, the night sisters are, are bad. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I guess that's one way to, uh, find common ground being yeah. creeped out by the same stuff. Now we have to find out what the Mortis gods were pointing to. What's left yeah. on that planet that they were so yeah. afraid of. <laughs> well, we will, we will find out. In the meantime, I guess we will call this to a close and encourage you all to, if you really want to dress as something scary this Halloween, a night sister might be a good choice. Or a zombie minion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> zombie minions. Yeah. Zombie, zombie troopers. <laughs> yeah. That'd be, that would be amazing. Hey, any kid that shows up at my door as a zombie stormtrooper is going to get the whole bowl of candy. I'm putting it out there now. <laughs> All right. Well, you heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Well, this is the time when we would like to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Star Wars. Um, this episode, we would especially like to thank Dennis H., Daniel M., John S., Mary S., and Renee C. Thank you because your generous donations given at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue this podcast the secrets of star wars and and all the shows at starquest media you can join them and become a donor at uh, sqpn.com slash give it also helps us when you subscribe to our podcast it lets the algorithms know that uh, you're listening to us so please subscribe wherever you find your podcast we're on all the major sites including apple podcasts google play spotify iHeartRadio, stitcher uh, all the rest and uh check out the sqpn channel on youtube um Naturally, the best place to find all of our episodes uh, is on our website. You can just find us by sqpn.com slash Star Wars. That's also where you can discover all the other shows and activities of StarQuest Media. And you can find our contact info. Again, we'd love to hear from you about what kinds of things you'd like us to discuss. Email us at starwars at sqpn.com or hop on our Discord server and join the conversation. So. We will be back next time when we'll discuss the Mortis gods. Gods in quotes there. Um, we are looking forward to it. Until then, Catherine, thank you for joining me in sharing the secrets of Star Wars. Thank you. This is fun. Josh, as always, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. I'm glad I got to talk about the video games. <laughs> <laughs> I am too. We don't talk about them very much, but uh, but it's good to remember that, you know, some of them are actually canon. They are. Yeah. So um, I don't know. Maybe we'll see Cal Kestis in in a in a live action show sometime or other. Hopefully. Got to make sure Josh gets his romance video. <laughs> <laughs> right on. So thank you both for being on the show. And uh, I've been Robert King. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Star Wars on StarQuest. Here's another show on the StarQuest Network you're sure to enjoy. The Secrets of Doctor Who. Find the show wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash Doctor Who.